Thanks very much for staying with us. Time now for Eye on Africa with me, Georgia Calvin-Smith. Tonight, Lagos launches an emergency blood drive after six people are killed and dozens are injured following a train crash that collided with a passenger bus. The bus driver's thought to have ignored traffic signals. Also, there are concerns that life could get even more restrictive for LGBTQ plus people in Uganda as its parliament takes up a bill thought that that would criminalize even identifying as LGBTQ. And drawing on its best, Morocco's Meknes International Animation Film Festival wraps up its 21st edition after having inspired some of the country's top artists and producers. But first, in Nigeria, six people were killed in Lagos on Thursday after a train smashed into a passenger bus. All of those who died were on the bus and authorities suspect the accident was caused by reckless driving. Carolyn Nambale has more. The accident has been blamed on the bus driver's reckless driving. On Thursday, bystanders looked on as a crane attempted to lift the bus off the train tracks after a deadly collision in Nigeria's biggest city, Lagos. The PRT tried to run past through the level crossing at PWD. So, but unfortunately, the train caught up with, with it and it had to drag it down to this particular portion. Authorities in Lagos confirmed this version of events. They said the driver had tried to beat a signal warning about an oncoming train, a decision that came with fatal consequences. When I enter inside the bus, so I saw people inside their moon, serious moon. There is blood everywhere. So from there, I started to racing people inside the bus out. One person when I see inside the corridor is totally dead. Two people died on the spot. Several others later died in hospital. The wounded were treated outside this hospital in the city. Lagos is one of the biggest cities on the African continent. It's known for its bustling streets and traffic jams. Each year, thousands of people are killed on the road across the country. Now, at least 37 fishermen were killed in Borno State in Nigeria's northeast after suspected Boko Haram extremists opened fire on them outside of the village of Gugo. The victims had reportedly been sorting out their catch on the riverbank when they were ambushed. Insurgents often accuse locals of spying for the military and target them. More clashes broke out between the Congolese army and ADF rebels in the valley of Mwakela on Thursday night, just a day after 36 people were killed in an attack by the rebel militia in nearby Mukundi village. The ADF have terrorized communities in North Kivu since the 90s. Anastasi Tudesie tells us more. So here are a few uh, elements that I can share with you tonight. The death toll could be heavier, heavier than what we actually thought. Sources close to the Red Cross have told me that 48 people from those localities have been buried earlier this morning, this evening. Uh, these people coming from Mukondi and Mausa, and the death toll this morning was around 40 people. Secondly, as we are speaking, inhabitants of Mukondi and Mausa are walking or riding motorbikes to Beni or Butembo, depending, I'm guessing, on what contacts they have there. It's around 12 miles from where they were attacked. And I was told that right after the killing, people fled the villages to seek um, shelter in the bush, then went back this morning to their homes to pack and started walking. Um, and these walking are still happening as we are speaking. 
Mastazi Tudieshi there for us. Now, Uganda's parliament's taken up a bill that would go further than a current ban on same-sex relations and would criminalize just identifying as LGBTQ. If passed, that would make Uganda the first African country to do so. It proposes to punish those convicted with up to 10 years in prison. The move will weigh further on the lives of LGBTQ plus people who already face widespread discrimination in the country. Eric Indawula was recently outed as gay in a video that was posted online. Soon after, his landlord confronted him and issued an eviction notice. His story showcases the widespread discrimination and prejudice faced by homosexuals in Uganda. There are a lot of people that I know that have chosen to recloset themselves, hide deep down because they are scared of coming out. A largely conservative Christian country, Uganda has been cracking down on LGBTQ rights for years. In 2013, authorities introduced a law making gay sex, which was already illegal, punishable by death, but it was later struck down by the Supreme Court. And earlier this month, Parliament began work on another draft law calling for the reintroduction of the death penalty. It's a clear indication that they want to erase anything around the human rights of LGBTQ persons in Uganda. And definitely the end game is come up with a stronger legislation. In January, Uganda's parliament ordered an investigation into the alleged promotion of homosexuality in schools, with some MPs even hinting at a countrywide LGBTQ conspiracy. Schools are already consuming study material that is contaminated with this kind of vice. It is not something that just comes by. It means that there could be a number of people who are already behind, behind this move. For many activists, even if the bill is struck down, the language employed by officials who've referred to homosexuality as a cancer and a human wrong already has far-reaching consequences. Well, two years ago, riots that broke out in Senegal over the arrest of the country's leading opposition figure led to the deaths of at least 13 people, some killed by police. An inquiry has so far failed to make much headway into finding out what went wrong or to hold the perpetrators to justice. Some of the families of those killed and injured have now said that they'll be taking the government to court. Sam Bradpiece brings us more. The families of the victims are tired of waiting for answers. They're tired of waiting for accountability. Two years ago, here in Senegal, at least 13 people were killed in deadly riots, and video footage from the time implicates the police in using live ammunition against them. Now, four families of the victims are taking the Senegalese government to court, or they have said they will take the Senegalese government to court, under international jurisdiction, because they don't believe that the official inquiry launched here in Senegal will bring any justice. Amnesty International, the human rights organization, is helping the families make their case to ECOWAS, the regional bloc, and to the UN. If we take Shekhwad's case, for example, Senegalese people have witnessed his death because it was shared on social media. So Shekhwad's killer is identified, but today, two years later, he has never been charged. It's becoming clear that there will never be a trial. Mm. 
as well as the four families that have already said they will be taking the Senegalese government to court. Amnesty International says it has been in touch with others who are looking at pushing charges of their own. The Senegalese government has yet to respond. Samuel Bradpiece there for us. And finally, in Morocco, the Mechnes International Animation Film Festival has wrapped up its 21st edition this week. Also known by the acronym FICAM, it's a chance to spotlight animation talent from across the country, drawing on the best Morocco has to offer to inspire and exchange creative know-how. Take a look. We started really small. Now the festival welcomes big names in the industry. We have an international lineup and program, but most importantly, we've established the event as one of the most important festivals dedicated to animation in the world. Animation is a genre that brings together all forms of art and where there's a real freedom to be creative. That's what I do and that's why I love it. It's so great to be here. We bring the children to watch films. We're all enjoying ourselves. I've loved animated films since I was little. Even now, as I'm older, I still watch anime and I love animation movies. It's nice for children to come and watch films with their family. It's really great. <laughs> that is unashamedly not just for children. Uh, that is, though, all we do have time for for Eye on Africa. Thanks very much for joining us. Do so again. Take care. Follow our international journalist on France 24. Douglas Herbert, Angela Diffley, Robert Parsons, Philip Turl, and Armand Georgian. From the newsroom to the studio or live on air, they are on standby 24-7 to analyze world events. Whether tackling historic, geopolitical, economic or environmental issues, our experts get to the heart of the biggest international news stories. They contribute to our special reports and scour the headlines for information. Follow it live. Follow the news. Follow France 24. Liberté, égalité, actualité. Me gusta Francia 24 horas porque nos enteramos de las noticias de Europa, de América Latina y de todos lados. Nos gusta mucho la cultura francesa. The world is ever changing. The news doesn't wait. That's why at France 24, we'll always be there to help make sense of world events. For the best international coverage, 24 hours a day, no matter what, France 24 is with you everywhere, all the time. Liberté, égalité, actualité. actualité.